This is a Federal News Network podcast. Researchers at Georgetown University's Center for Security and Emerging Technology have been gathering all of the open source information they can on the coronavirus and the illness it causes. They've created a public repository known as CORD-19 that even the White House and federal agencies are using to better understand what's going on. For details, we turn to the Center's Director of Data Science, Dr. Dewey Murdoch. Dr. Murdoch, good to have you on. Thank you so much, Tom. It's really a pleasure. Tell us, first of all, about the Center for Security and Emerging Technology. Yeah, the Center for Security and Emerging Technology here at Georgetown University was started in December 2018 as an effort to connect policymakers to high-quality analysis of emerging technologies and their security implications. The focus primarily was on artificial intelligence to begin with. We're a nonpartisan group. Uh, we're supporting academic work, but even more importantly, we're trying to prepare a generation of policymakers, analysts, and diplomats that can wrestle with the future technology dilemmas in a data-informed way. Well, we've really got a tiger by the tail now. Tell us about the repository for coronavirus and what is in it and how do you get the material into it? Great. The COVID-19 open research data, or CORD-19, is a resource that has over 29,000 scholarly articles, 13,000 full-text articles, and uh, a lot of content related to COVID-19 and its uh, related coronavirus group viruses. This was really formed a partnership with an incredible team. I got a call about 5 p.m. on Friday a couple of weeks ago um, from the White House, and they gave a request, wouldn't it be nice to have a repository that was publicly available so people could actually start using machine learning and artificial intelligence methods to help answer important questions about this very dynamic disease. And so I called up a number of people, people who I've known to be unselfish, people who have technical resources that are relevant. And together, we scoured what was publicly available and put together a first collection that was released on Monday. This is all unstructured data, in other words. Well, normally it would be, but thanks to some work by the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence, they have a software package that has been able to take all this really unstructured data and provide a nice initial structuring of it um, so people can use the data to start testing and developing their algorithms. So it's technically unstructured in the sense that there's lots of big sections of text, but it also has metadata such as about the title, about who authored it, uh, and other things like that. And so someone wanting insight into what is going on and they go to the repository, what do they do other than simply search through what comes up? Yeah, so there are already available resources where you can just search for articles and humans can interact with them, read them and, and the like, uh, which is a fantastic resource and really should be used by, by people. Problem, however, is um, most of these data repositories aren't set up for machines to uh, work with. They don't have the licensing rights. They, we data can't be distributed. So what we've done is, done is we've taken all this data and put it into a unified format that takes many, many hours um, off the average um, data scientist's time to start using the data. Um, usually when people start playing with data, they, it takes it takes over half or even as much as 90% of their time getting the data in a form that they can use it. We've tried to take that cost away. And so now that they can just start and start building algorithms to answer important questions like, you know, how long does the virus last on cardboard? You know, how does it transmit? What's, you know, how long does it incubate? Using all the information that's coming in very rapidly every day. 
We're speaking with Dr. Dewey Murdoch. He is Director of Data Science at Georgetown University Center for Security and Emerging Technology, CSET. And could someone also use this, for example, to ferret out false reports and misinformation? Because Lord knows the Internet is full of that also when it comes to this particular virus. We're primarily using scholarly literature um, so and prepens, prints. Clearly, that we we know that there's not all scientific uh, findings are um, right; they're proven wrong. It's a dynamic process of learning. So, the cool thing about being able to use this data is you can check it against consistency against other um, reports. Oh, this report's very different than what everyone else is saying. Either that might mean it's wrong, or maybe it's right, and we've discovered something new. Uh, so, yes, those kind of things can be discovered. But in other words, it doesn't ingest just general news and that kind of thing where you can almost not, trust nothing. Not right now. This data is very hard to get. Many people have access to news, but this is dealing with a lot of substantive content about what's happening on the ground um, and in clinical research, trying to figure out how does COVID-19 transmit? How long does it um, last um, as a, uh, from, from spit or something like that, uh, on a, on a cardboard surface, those kinds of questions are being actively pursued and answered regularly. And we're hoping to be able to run over all the data that we've, we've assembled so people can answer these questions more rapidly. I was going to ask, are you monitoring the uptake of the repository and is it pretty active so far? Yes. Uh, currently the data repository is hosted by the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence and also Kaggle. Uh, Kaggle's a part of Google and it's a competition um, competition website. Um, and Kaggle is open to competition to answer a bunch of questions. And those que- that first round is due the 16th uh, of this um, of March. So this will allow us to see how many people are trying to participate in the challenge. Sure. And a lot of the sources of material for the repository cost a lot of money normally, these scholarly journals and so forth. Were you able to get free access to it for this purpose? Yeah, so the first round of this data repository was based on preprint archives, uh, open access content, and then NIH-funded research that has been made publicly available. I mean, manuscripts from that research. Now, thankfully, there's been a lot of um, willingness of publishers to share uh, content that's particular, normally behind a paywall, data that's not available without paying $35 an article or something like that. That content is now being incorporated and in future versions, uh, we'll be able to have more of that uh, paid content. And what about uh, the links coming up? You mentioned Microsoft Academic Graph, not even sure what that is. Dimensions and PubMed and Semantic Scholar Services will be linked to the repository. What is that all about? So there's wonderful engines continually churning over the Internet, trying to find information about uh, COVID-19. Microsoft, you know, Bing and um, their service, Microsoft uh, Academic, provides a way to access all that content um, in an in a easy search interface. In partnering with Microsoft, we've been able to link all the content that's part of Cord 19, and we can now link it to Microsoft's um, mining services. So now we can have uh, all the additional information that Microsoft has invested uh, time and energy to create 
um, into this uh, new resource. So this basically, it translates into the fact that now we have even a more comprehensive data set. And do you envision this being useful in future situations that might be of a similar nature? I mean, in many ways, the administration is looking to what happened with Ebola, even though that's a different piece of science than coronavirus. But the response mechanisms are not all that different. Could this have future use? Yes, Tom, I think you're right. Um, This is a new valuable research that's really the fruit of unselfish collaboration from Microsoft LNAI, Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, using researchers from the National Library of Medicine. And this is great for COVID-19. Once this crisis has passed, we hope this project will inspire new ways for machine learning to advance scientific research. I really think that's probably going to be the biggest impact um, is we develop new methods to be able to answer questions rapidly as other crises come out in the future, we'll be able to move even faster. Dewey Murdoch is Director of Data Science at Georgetown University's Center for Security and Emerging Technology. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. It's been a real pleasure. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.